So once again, I just want to thank you guys for joining us this midweek. If many of you, if you don't know me, my name is James Rios. I am the Life Group Pastor here at Westover Hills. Um, and my responsibility is to help you get connected and feel a sense of community here, which is, which is why I just love speaking with you today. Um, uh, today we are uh, in our second week of our midweek service, of our, of our midweek series called Authenticity or Authentic. Um, that's, what we're, that, that's what we're targeting. Last week, Pastor Brent gave a great sermon, a great one-liner. I don't know if I'll be able to top it about tacos. If you were here last week, you heard Pastor Brent mention tacos, and tacos are always a good topic to talk about. But the thing is that uh, we're talking about authenticity. And last week, Pastor Brent just touched on a little bit about what it means to have authentic faith, to really be obedient and trusting God. And that's the, that's the root, and those are the components of what it means to have authentic faith. And so a lot of that is really, so we know in the Bible it talks about the great commandment, about loving God and loving others. And it's my privilege to really focus on the second half of that, which is loving others, which is really authentic friends, being a, being an, an, a real friend. And people may, and that, that word authentic, you hear it all the time. It's kind of a hot word. It's a big word that everybody says, oh, I want people to be authentic. I like people being authentic, you know, authentic. And we want to be real. And that's really what authenticity really means. It's, it's all about being real. And, and, one of the, and one of my favorite topics is really just friendships. As many of you know me, I love just being around people. I truly enjoy just being around people. It's, I may be one of the few people that actually when, when I'm having fun in a large group, I get kind of more energy. Um, for most of you know I was a kids pastor for over 20 years, and, my, and people would get nervous as more kids would walk into a room. I would get excited. I would just get so full of energy and so pumped up as more kids would pile into a room. Like I would just get so excited to be with them and to teach them God's word. And, but I just love having fun. And, and for those of you who, who follow my wife and myself on Instagram or, on, or on, on Facebook, or you just even know us personally, you know that's really the heartbeat. One, one of our values at our home is, is just to have fun. We have faith, we have family, and we have fun. And, and I, I, I just love cracking jokes with my wife and my kids. My kids, we have a great time. We, we, uh, one, one day, I think a couple weeks ago at our life group, uh, people were walking in, and we had, I just got in the mood for Disney songs, and I was playing Disney songs as all of our life group was walking in, and I was about to have a lip sync battle for all with all that. I was like, let's just do the, let's do a, a whole new world and let's do all that stuff. Let's do it. Me and my wife would have done it, but we're not going to do it here today. But it's just it's just I just I just love having fun, just keeping the joy alive. And one of my favorite verses in Scripture, and many of you may have heard me say before, is it is really John ten ten, and it's but it's in the amplified version. It gives it a little a little tweak to that verse. And we know the first part of it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But part of that, the the next part of that, the amplifies, it says that Jesus, Jesus says, I came that you may have and enjoy life. And the Christian life should be the most fun life that we have. And I always tell people, it's not, it's not the easiest, but it is the best. And we, and our life should be full of, full of fun, full of adventure, just really enjoying what God has given. I mean, we, we serve a God who created the world, and he's given it at our disposal for us to enjoy, to go camping, to enjoy river, to enjoy sunset, to enjoy our loved ones. We should really enjoy the life that God has given us. And plus, and that's part of even this, our community of believers, the friends that you have, the people that you're with. God wants us to enjoy his church. He wants us to enjoy each other and find real, authentic 
friendships. And I know sometimes that's tough to find. It's, it's really tough to find a real friend. And I know some of us in, in, in life, we've been burned and, and, and we've been manipulated and we've been cheated. But God truly wants us to find those real friendships that are there for us, that will that, help us grow as believers. And so that's what I want you guys to kind of, kind of focus on. That's part of our big idea today. And they're going to show on the screen. And our big idea today is really this. It's really real friends are fresh air to move you toward, forward in your life. I'll read it again. Real friends are the fresh air to move you forward in your life. Because that's the thing. We here at Westover, we truly believe that life is better together. And life is better with friends. And, and if you just think with me, think as, as you look back, there was times probably in your life where, where you, were, you, you were down and it just, life just wasn't go as, going as, as you expected. And, you know, things were seem, seeming chaotic and you just wanted help and you just and, and, and you didn't know where to turn. But then a friend stepped in. You know, a friend may have sent you a, a nice text, or now it's memes, and they send you a funny meme. They send you a meme with Nacho Libre that says you're the best. You know, and it's just you know things like that. And so, and so, and so that's the th- and so those things. You know, and they said it at the right time. You know, you know that that you need to see that. And you're like, man, how did that? And that friend just lifted your spirit, and you call and say, you know what? Thank you for sending me the Nacho meme. It was great. It puts a smile on your face, and it helps you just overcome those crazy times of life. And I, and, and I love watching my kids at, at, at play, or I love going to playgrounds, just watching kids play around. And there's always that one kid, you know, that, and you'll see them there, they're running by themselves, and they're spinning, and they're, and they're going in circles. And usually that was my daughter, Bailey. She just kind of would just do her own thing, and just kind of spin, and just free-spirited, doing her own thing. And you're like, man, that's so cool. She, you know, she's just having fun by herself, and oh, I just hope she has real friends. You know, you, you think she's imagining her own friends, but then all of a sudden, people People come in, and other kids would come in, they would see her, and they're drawn to her. And, you know, she's having joy by herself. She was fine. But when she added a one or two people, three people, and they became her friends, even though she didn't know them, they became her friends, and the joy was just so much. And that's what I loved about kids, just watching them play and really just accepting and receiving everyone into their life and really experiencing true joy. But we know in life we don't stay kids forever. You know, I just turned 43 last week, and people ask me, well, do you feel 43? I'm like, well, yeah, you know, my body, you know, it feels 43. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting up there in age, you know. My, but I always say this, whatever age I am, I say my body feels that way. So I'm 43, my brain is probably 32, you know, but my heart is 12. And so I love just, I just, I just want to be young and be active and just, enjoy, and just really enjoy myself. And, and I think God wants us to do that. I know God wants us to do that. He wants us to enjoy our life and our time with our friends. And t- tough times come. Tough times come, it does. And, and, it, it, and, the, and it really kind of separates us from that childlike heart that we have. And hurts and pains and manipulations really come in. And it, and it, it affects how we view people and how we view the world. And, and, and I believe the enemy really wants us to do that, to really start pulling back from people and, and, not, and not engaging fellow believers. But I think God wants us to take a step forward in that. And sometimes with hurts and pains, what happens is we, is, is we begin to put a mask on. We begin to cover things up. And especially now 
With social media, you know, people always say, oh, you always see, you know, what people put on social media, what, they, what, what we want them to see. And that's really not the real you. And we've even, you know, and even me and my wife have, 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 been, have been told, well, that, y'all can't be like that, how you always are. And, and, and the one thing I do know is, is that that's, that's us. You know, for me and my wife, we tell people, hey, you just spend some time with us, you're going to realize that's the real us. And that we're not perfect, but we do enjoy our life. And, but it's the masks. It's the masks that kind of keep us away from each other, from, from making real friendships. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up the first Peter one, uh, chapter one, verse 22. And Peter really talks about that. He kind of targets that Peter, and we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul here in a bit. They kind of target our relationships with people because they knew something would get in the way. They knew things that, they knew that we would begin to put on masks and guard ourselves. Because as you know, as many of y'all know the Bible, it says in the book of Acts, you know, the early church was getting started and they spent a lot of time together. You hear those verses all the time that they were Every day they were in they were in the temple, and every day they were, they were spending time with each other in each other's homes and sharing and being united. But we all know the honeymoon season is always over, whether you're married or whether you're with a friendship. It's really good being with friends, but then all of a sudden, as time goes by, there's stuff that kind of gets in the way, and you start beginning to see the real self, or you begin to see things you didn't know were there before, and Peter realized that. And as Peter wrote this letter to, to the early believers, to some early believers, he was giving them instructions, and he was telling them how to be holy and what God did for them and, 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 that, and, and to be holy because God is holy. And as he's going down, he says a few things, kind of being real practical about it. He talks about some relationship things, and he says this in verse 22. It says, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth. If you want to circle obey, you can, you can circle obey. That's a big word there. So that you have sincere love for one another. You can circle or underline sincere. It's another big word. And then he says this, love one another deeply from the heart. And as you jump down to, ver- to chapter 2, verse 1, it says, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. You see, Peter knew what was going to go on. He knew that relationships are pretty sticky. He knew that, and he wanted to prepare these believers that, hey, you know what? There are some things I need to teach you. We're called to be a holy people because God is holy. And he says this. You guys learned it last week about authentic faith. Peter says, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, they were, be, they were living an authentic faith. They were obeying the truth that they were taught. They, they were taught by other apostles the truth of God's word and the joy of the salvation and all that they were learning. They were purified by that. And because of that, because of that love and that faith, they had a sincere love. And sincere really means just authentic and real. That's all it means. It means a love that is unmasked. That you can see that, you know, oh, it, it says in there, it's unmasked, it's unfeigned in, in, in the King James Version. Really what that really means, unfeigned, it, it's, it's, it's just real. It's kind of like, you know, during election season. Election season's coming up, and we all know, you know, president candidates go around, they shake hands, and they kiss babies. Now, do they really love every baby that, that they see? No, they probably don't. They probably walk up and say, man, that baby's not. But, you know, they're like, you know, they're, they, they do stuff like that. It's, it's, it's a fake kind of love. It's not real. And I kind of equate it because I have girls, and girls, please don't get offended, but I have girls, and, you know, I always watch, as, you know, as, and especially middle school girls, they go around, and they're like, oh, they walk around, oh, I love you, how you doing? You know, they do all that kind of kissy-kissy hug stuff, and you're like going, do you really like her? And you kind of see them when they turn, they roll their eyes, you know, and they're like, you know, and they talk about you know, that's the fake love. They're like, oh hi, and, and then, 
You know, and they do that, and they're like, and, and that's the kind of love that we're talking about, that Peter says, don't have that kind of love. Don't be, none of that middle school teenage girl love. Girls, again, no offense, but none of that stuff, you know. Be real, unmasked, real love, because Peter takes it up another notch. He didn't just stop at saying, have sincere love. He said, have, a, have love one another deeply from the heart because that's where love really comes. Jesus said to love him with all of your heart. That's the first thing that came out of his mouth in the command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Because that was the center of all our emotions. That's where everything happened. And I always wonder, why did Jesus say heart? Why did God refer to the heart? Because as we look at our heart, our heart pumps the blood. And our blood constantly pumps and it goes. It never stops. When we sleep or when we're awake, it's constantly moving. It's constantly going, feeding life into all of our body. And that's the kind of love we're to have. Our love is to never stop. It's to always be constant and consistent no matter what. No matter what the people do to you, no matter how you how life goes, we are to love all the time because that's what Jesus said. Jesus said that, that they will know your mighty self by how you love. And we have to love consistently and deeply from the heart. And that's, what, and that's what friendship is all about, is when we love someone with unmasked love from the heart, saying, I love you no matter what. And when I thought about mask, I thought about my son, and my son, Andrew, yeah, he loved, he, we all love, we're a Marvel family. I mean, we cried at Endgame. I mean, I'm serious. I cried. I'm sorry. I wept. And I was, oh, God, not Iron Man. You know, it was like, and so we, and so we have, we, we, we just, we saw every single movie. We enjoyed the movies. And then we saw them again on our road trip to go drop them off. And we saw them all again in the car. And we're just, we just love Marvel. And, and my son, when he saw Spider-Man, he loved Spider-Man. And he made this mask. And he was like, Daddy, check it out. And he puts it on his face, and he put it on his head, and he's running around with the mask. And, and I'm like, son, well, that's pretty creative, pretty cool. I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping that God, you know, let him work in Hollywood, let him make masks, something. But he, he has all sorts of things that he makes. It's kind of, I'm like, how did he make that? That's ridiculous. And then he would put it on his head, and then he would run around, and he would, you would hear him breathing real heavy and getting real hot, and he would take him off, and he's sweating. And like, son, can you see? And you can't even see through that thing. He's just, it's a blindfold. No, Daddy, but I'm good. I'm Spider-Man. I got Spidey sense, you know. And he's just, and he's running around all over the place. And, but it, it got tiresome after a while. He wore that mask, and he got hot, and it bothered him. And then when I started working here at Westover, he said, here, Daddy, you could take my mask to, my, to work. And he put it in my, in my office. Like, okay, cool, buddy. I think he was just tired of wearing it. I mean, it was like, he's like you know, I, I don't want it in the house anymore. You see, and that's, and that's the idea with masks. Is that mask, we, when we put a mask on, the, an emotional mask or a mask, we begin to hide who we are. That can be exhausting because, because we're putting masks on for various reasons. Like I said, masks are cool. We like, we, we like to have fun with them, but I always wonder, why do people put masks on? Whether it's a physical or whether it's an emotional mask, why do we wear these? I mean, what, what's the big deal? And I'm always confused. And, it's, and, and, I, and there's a few things that says masks, people wear masks to protect themselves. Especially here, we, we don't want people to see who we really are. We kind of just like, you know, we don't want to be vulnerable. We kind of just want to be, we want to put a mask on and say, you know what, everything's good. You know, I don't really need anybody. I got things on my own. We wear a mask to be someone else. We're not happy with who we are. We're like, you know what, if I could be just like that person, you know, if I could play the guitar like Renee and just be like, be cool and just, you know, you know do that, I, 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 I'd be great. 
you know? But that's the thing. We, we want to be someone else, and that's what we, we put that mask on to, to, to please people and to be someone that we're not, because we, we don't see the value that we have in God's eyes. We don't see the value. For, we as friends don't share how much we value you. So we put, a, we put a mask on to be someone else. We also, and crazy enough, we, we wear a mask to bring attention. As much as we wear a mask to keep people away, we wear a mask to bring attention. We want them to like the false self. We want, them to, we, we want that approval. We want that, that, that ovation. We want people to say, yeah, I like you. And whether it's the, the real us or not, we want, we want to be loved. We want that attention by other people. And the sad part of us, many of us in here, we're worrying that we're wearing a particular mask. We don't want to have friends. We don't want to have, and even some of the friends that you have, they don't know the real you. They know what you allow them to see. You know them what you, they know what, what you post online. They know only so much, but they don't know the real you. And sometimes you go home exhausted, say, man, this is, I'm just tired of playing the game. I wish someone knew me. You see, we live in a culture right now where, where, where mental illness and, and depression and anxiety is at an all-time high. And it's not just in the secular world. It's hitting the church world. It's hitting pastors. And many of you know what I'm talking about. As you hear it, as you, as you read it on Facebook and you see all the, all the social media, that, that, that mask of, I got it all together is a mask that needs to be stripped away. We need to let ourselves be vulnerable. We need to take off the mask and let people in. That's what God intended. He wants people to be in. He wants us to have real friends. If we have real faith, we have real friends. Because when you have a real faith in God, that love in your heart begins to pour out, and you let people come in. And people and they say, well, how do I be a friend? You don't go looking for friends. You be a friend. When you be a friend, when you're a friend, you begin to become like Christ. And, pe- and people begin to be, are drawn to you because guess what? The mask is off. Say, look, this is me. This is who God created me to be. I, I am God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. There's no reason to hide it. You're not in the process of being God's masterpiece. You are that masterpiece. In Genesis 1, it says that. It says, God created everything. And at the very end, when he created man, everything else was good. When we created man, it was real good. You are God's most prized possession. You are, there's no reason to hide that. And everybody in here, we, we, we are God's prized possession. We are his people. And he wants us to have real, authentic friendships. Well, like, and then you ask, well, well, how can a friendship... How do, we, how do you define friendship? But I'm sure if I asked all of you to tell me what you like about friends and what you want in a friend, you can give me a whole bunch of answers. But C.S. Lewis says this, and C.S. Lewis is the author of Narnia, and he said this, and I love the quote. It says, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. And that's when the mask is taken off. When you begin to share your story, when you begin to share what you've endured and what you're going through, then someone else says, you know what? Oh, I thought I was the only one. With the billions of people through all the earth, we always think we're the only one. But we need to have the opportunity to be open, to take the mask off of trying to impress and trying to how do we are and let people in and have real relationship with real friends. The apostle Paul knew this and he said it very clearly because it's, it's even in the passage. In Philippians 2, 3, and 8, it says this. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking at your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. 
in your relationships, you can circle that, with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. And Paul says that. He says we are to have the same mind as Christ in our relationships. We are to think like Christ. And Christ loved. He said this is no greater love than a man has is that he would lay his life down for his friend. Jesus loved. And, and if you look at the life of Jesus, you can see all these things that Jesus really was just, was, was just really good at, at, at being a friend. And as I reflected through some of these passages, there was a few things that kind of stuck out to me as I, as I read those. And I was looking, I said, well, God, what makes a good friend? Because you know what? As a friend, we all need something. We all need something. Every individual in here, we need something. And as a friend, we are able to give that object that someone needs. We're able to meet a need. And I've heard a definition that love finds a need and meets it. And so this is, and there's a few things that I've noticed about, you know, as I've looked through scripture and even even what, 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 what does it take to be a true friend? Because true friends are tough to find. I think we can all agree. Like I said, we've been hurt. We've been manipulated. We've been, we've been just mistreated. And, and we lose faith in people. But we as the body of believers, we should be some of the most real and true and most loving friends that anyone can ever experience. Why? Because if we really value relationships, we, it's because we have the mind of Christ. And this is one thing that I want to share with you. It says this. It says, the, uh, uh, simply, a real friend sees you. They see you. Because we all want to be seen. We all want to be recognized. We all, we, all, we all put stuff on Instagram and we check the hearts in the morning to see how many people liked it. We go to Facebook and we, we like all the thumbs up. We like all the recognition, but we just want to be seen. In the, in the crowds of people, we want someone to see us. We want to be noticed. And then when we're talking with an individual, when you're talking with someone one-on-one, -on -one, the best thing you can do is just really be connected, share, talk to them. People know when you're looking through them. Spend that time. Jesus saw everyone. Jesus saw the man born blind. Jesus saw the ten lepers. Jesus saw the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus saw them. And miracles happened. Number two, we all want to be understood. A real friend understands you. So with that time that you're sharing with each other, that time that you're together, that time that you're in your, in, in, in your life group or or in, or. or or in your art of marriage class, or the time that you're just drinking coffee with someone. The bottom line is, is that the more time you spend with someone, the more of their story you begin to discover, and the more you begin to understand, oh, that's why they behave that way. Oh, that's why they, 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 they don't understand this. And you begin to understand their hurts and their pains and their hangups. You begin to understand where they're coming from. And we all want that. We all want to be understood. We all want to be seen. And you as a friend should spend that time with someone to really sympathize, to really just, just touch their heart by, as you listen and understand and say, you know what? I, I get it now. I get it. I get your struggles. Number three, we all want to be accepted. A real friend accepts you. It, they accept you through all your ups, through all your downs. They accept you through your good times, through your bad, through the good, bad, and ugly. They accept you no matter what. You know, when, 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 you're, when, when you're dancing around because you're arrogant, they accept you. When you're boasting, they accept you. When they're crying and, they're just, and they just can't control something, they accept you. We all want to be accepted through our failures and everything. And 
and I think that's the biggest thing. That's one of the biggest fears we have is really just being vulnerable, saying, look, this is where I've come from. This is how I messed up because we're afraid of not being accepted. But when you take that step and say, look, this is me. This is me. This is who I am. This is what I've done. And when someone says, I understand, I still love you. And that's number four. We all want to be loved. And I don't think there's anyone, anyone, I could probably say I know there's not anyone in this world who doesn't want to be loved. And that's, what, and that's, who God, and that's the very essence of who God is. He's love. And if we are his body of believers, we are to be ambassadors of that love. When you truly see someone for who they are, when you begin to, to understand what they're going through and you accept them for who they are, love naturally comes out because there's nothing else left for you to do than to love someone. When someone's going through the pain of divorce and someone's going through the, a pain of rejection and they're crying and they're weeping, there's no words. There's, there's, there, there's no words for you to share. The number one thing you can do is love them. To hug them, to hold them. And that's not just for women, that's for men. Men need sometimes just a hug. And we need to hold them. And that's the thing, that is the biggest deal, is love someone. You know what, that is the mind of Christ. And some of you may be thinking, well, you know, I don't understand how this all ties into Jesus. Well, you know what? If you're not part of this family, if you're not part of the family of Westover, if you're just, if you're just, you know what, I don't understand all this. You know what, if you do all those four things, if you really see someone, if you really understand and accept and love them, that's a real friendship. And like we said, real friendship is the fresh air to move you forward in your life. It really is. And I firmly believe that all of you in here and people even watching and people all over the world, I really think that we're all one friendship away from reaching our destiny. Because you never know what person needs you or who you need. But it's, it's when we take off those masks and we're real and we're authentic, then we can truly get to the place that God wants us to be. You see, because you know what? God loves you. He loves you so much that he, sent, that he sent his one and only son. You see, and the scripture says that there is a friend that sticks closer than any brother. And I firmly believe that that friend, I grew up hearing this all the time, and I firmly believe it, that even when I feel alone, there's, there's someone who's always going to be there. There's someone who sees me, and it's Jesus. I'm never too far from him. His eyes are always on me. His eyes are on you. Jesus sees you. He sees your hurt, your pain, your disappointments, your frustrations, your fears, your anxieties, your hurt. Even in your most lowest of points, he saw you. Jesus sees you. Jesus understands you. It says in Scripture that he took the very nature of a human, and he denied his godship, his lordship. He denied it all to be like you. Why? Because he wanted to understand you. He wanted to understand your fear, your anxiety, that rejection, and he does. He accepts you because he died for our sins. And there's no sin too, too great for him that he can't forgive. He accepts each and every one of us into his heart and into his family. And he loves you because the greatest scripture, probably the most famous scripture of all time, is that God so loved the world. And Jesus died out of love for you. 
And in a few minutes, we're going to pray. And we're going to have prayer team here at the end when I dismiss. And if you say, you know what? I want to know who this Jesus is. This friend that I'm looking for. This person that, that sees me and that understands me and that accepts me and loves me. I want to know who that is. I need someone to gather around me. After every service, guess what, friends? You have friends lining up these altars at the end of every service who are willing to hug you and pray with you and love you. They're willing to see you, to understand you, to accept you, and to love you. All you got to do is take off the mask, take the step, and go in and say, please, I need you. I need Jesus. I need a friend. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you because you were an awesome God. It says in Scripture that you are, it says that you are a friend of sinners. It says, it says that you are the friend that's closer to the brother. It says that, that, that we are able to be friends of God. And God, you want us, as Pastor Brent mentioned last week, to have a real and authentic faith. But God, you have sent people here on earth, your people, your holy nation, your royal priesthood to be here among us. We carry that love of Jesus within our hearts. May we, as believers, be the friends that other people need. May we be that true friend who sees that person, who sees their hurt, who sees who they are, who understands what they're going through, who accepts them with all the mess and all the junk that life throws at us. And, because, and through all that, we have a love that endures because, God, you love us because you see us, you understand us, you accept us, and you love us. Father, may we be real friends to the people that need us. May we be, find those friends in our life groups and in our classes and in our ministry teams and as we walk through these hallways in our parking lots and our sports teams and in every place that we walk on this campus. May we find friends, God, who can be true friends, friends who are always there to lift us up, friends who are always there to share a kind word. We all need, God, these real friends. May we have your mind and we have the mind of Christ. Father, we thank you for the opportunity just to learn a little bit of something about who you are and what you want us to be. Father, may we take this message, may it just burn within our hearts, and may we impact someone's life for the good. May we be a true friend that breathes fresh air and pushes someone toward their purpose in you. We love you, and we thank you in your wonderful name. Amen.